إذاعة البيان تقدم لكم هذا البرنامج سائلين الله عز وجل أن ينفعنا به بسم الله والحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه ومن وله عنوان الإمام البخاري في كتاب الفتن باب باب إذا التقى المسلمان بسيفيهما وأورد حديثا تحت هذا الباب قال حدثنا عبد الله بن عبد الوهاب قال حدثنا حماد عن رجل لم يسمه عن الحسن قال خرجت بسلاحي ليالي الفتنة فاستقبلني أبو بكرة فقال أين تريد قال أين تريد قال أريد البصر أريد نصرة ابن عم رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال 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 رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم إذا تواجه المسلمان بسيفيهما فكلاهما من أهل النار قيل فهذا القاتل فما بال المقتول قال إنه أراد قتل صاحبه قال حماد بن زيد فذكرت هذا الحديث لأيوب ويونس بن عبيد وأنا أريد أن يحدثاني به فقال إنما روى هذا الحديث الحسن عن الأحنف بن قيس عن أبي بكرة حدثنا سليمان حدثنا حماد بهذا وقال مؤمل حدثنا حماد بن زيد حدثنا أيوب ويونس وهشام ومعل بن زياد عن الحسن عن الأحنف عن أبي بكرة عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ورواه معمر عن أيوب ورواه بكار بن عبد العزيز عن أبي عن أبي بكرة وقال غندر حدثنا شعب عن منصور عن ربعي بن حراش عن أبي بكرة عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ولم يرفعه سفيان عن منصور هذا الباب باب إذا التقى المسلمان بسيفيهما فالإمام البخاري في هذا في هذه الترجمة سماهما مسلمين مع تقاتلهما وهذا يدل على أن القتال على أن قتال المسلم للمسلم كبيرة وجريمة من كبائر الذنوب لكنه لا يخرج من الملة وفي كتاب الله سبحانه وتعالى وإن طائفتان من المؤمنين اقتتلا وإن طائفتان من المؤمنين اقتتلوا فسماهما مؤمنين مع الاقتتال مع الاقتتال إذا يا عباد الله هذا الحكي حادثة حصلت للأحنف بن قيس فالحسن البصري قال خرجت بسلاح ليالي الفتنة فاستقبلني أبو بكرة هكذا روى الإمام البخاري الخبر ثم بيّن بعد ذكر الحديث عن جماعة أن الذي خرج بسلاحه والأحنف وليس الحسن فإذا الأحنف ابن قيس وهو معروف بحلمه ومعروف أيضا بمكانته بين قومه فقد كان حليما سيدا الأحنف ابن قيس فالأحنف يقول خرجت بسلاح ليالي الفتنة ويقصد الأحنف رحمه الله 
الفتنة التي وقعت بين علي وعائشة التي سميت موقعة الجمل وهي فتنة وأي فتنة لماذا كانت يعني هذه المعركة فتنة كبيرة لأن لأن المتواجهين فيها هم من كبار الصحابة فعلي رضي الله تعالى من جانب وعلي معروف من هو علي بفضله ومكانته وقرابته من رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم وفضائله كثيرة فضائله كثيرة رضي الله تعالى عنه وعائشة أيضا من جانب آخر وعائشة أيضا معروفة وهي أم المؤمنين وكانت من أحب الناس للنبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فكلاهما يعني تخرج عائشة لقتال علي فلما سارت إلى البصرة بعث علي عمارا رضي الله تعالى إلى الكوفة فخطب في الناس فقال والله إنها لزوجة نبيكم صلى الله عليه وسلم في الدنيا والآخرة ولكن الله تبارك وتعالى ابتلاكم ليعلم ليعلم إياه تطيعون أمهي فانظروا إلى فانظروا عباد الله إلى نظرة الصحابة لبعضهم وإلى تقدير بعضهم لبعض حتى مع وجود الخلاف حتى مع وجود الخلاف لا يعني الصحابة هم أعدل الناس هم أعدل الناس يعني لم يمنع عمار وقوفه في صف علي وحبه علي من أن يشهد شهادة حق في عائشة رضي الله تعالى عنها ليس كبعض الناس الذين غالوا في علي فكفروا وفسقوا كل من لم يوافق عليا وكل من لم يكن في صف علي فالصحابة رضوان الله عليهم كان عندهم عدل وإنصاف فعمار رضي الله تعالى مع أنه مبعوث من قبل علي بعثه إلى أهل الكوفة لم يذهب ليشهر في عائشة ولا ليعني يقلل من قدرها فعائشة معروف قدرها عند الصحابة رضوان الله عليهم أجمعين حتى عند علي رضي الله تعالى عنه فيقول والله ويقسم إنها لزوجة نبيكم صلى الله عليه وسلم في الدنيا والآخرة ولكن الله تبارك وتعالى يبتليكم أو ابتلاكم ليعلم إياه تطيعون أمهي فهؤلاء خيار الأمة فكيف بمن يعيش في مثل زمان أثرت فيه الشهوات والشبهات على النفوس وأدبر الناس عن دين الله يعني, يعني انظروا إلى آثار الفتن يعني الفتنة أدت إلى خروج خيار الخلق إلى خروج خيار الخلق بعضهم على بعض وإلى اقتتال خيار الخلق فهذا أيضا مما يزيد يزيدنا انتباها 
من الفتن يعني إذا كانت الفتن تؤثر على خيار الناس فكيف في زمان كثرت فيه الشهوات والشبهات وأثرت على النفوس فكيف سيكون الحال إذا وقعت الفتنة نسأل الله سبحانه وتعالى السلامة إذا الأحنف بن قيس الأحنف بن قيس كان خارجا بسلاحه لنصرة علي رضي الله تعالى عنه فلقيه رجل من الصحابة وهذا الرجل هذا الصحابي كان ممن اعتزل القتال هذا الرجل اسمه أو كنيته أبو بكرة واسمه نفيع بن الحارث فقال له أين تريد فقال أريد نصرة بن عم رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم هنا قال له يعني أبو بكرة قال له حديث النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فقال له قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم إذا تواجه المسلمان بسيفيهما فكلاهما من أهل النار لماذا أخبره بهذا الحديث لماذا أخبر أبو بكرة الأحنف يريد أن يسنيه عن الذهاب إلى القتال بيّن له خطورة هذا الأمر الذي هو قادم عليه فالنبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال إذا التقى المسلمين إذا التقى المسلمان بسيفيهما فالقاتل والمقتول في النار أي يستحقان النار وقد يعفى عنهما يعني لكن هذه يعني هذه العقوبة أو يعني هذه المعصية مما يستحق صاحبها النار لكن قد توجد أمور أخرى قد توجد له يعني حسنات كثيرة يعني تأتي على هذه الكبيرة قد يصاب ببلاء وبأمراض وبمصائب قد تكون كفارة يعني لهذه الكبيرة فإذا قد يعفى عنهما فالقاتل تحت المشيئة كسائر الكبائر إن الله لا يغفر أن يشرك به ويغفر ما دون ذلك لمن يشاء لكن في الأصل رتبت النار على جريمة القتل والكبائر متوعد عليها بالنار لكن هي تحت, تحت المشيئة هي تحت المشيئة إن شاء الله يعني أخذ صاحبها بها وإن شاء غفر الله له وعفى عنه فصاحب الكبيرة أمره إلى الله نحن دائما نذكر حديث عبادة في المبايعة يعني لما بايعهم النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم على أن لا يشركوا ولا يزنوا ولا يسرقوا يعني فالنبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال فمن أصاب من ذلك شيئا فعوقب به في الدنيا فهو كفارة له ومن أصاب من ذلك شيئا فستره الله فأمره إلى الله إن شاء يعني غفر له وإن شاء عذبه هذا هو موقف أهل السنة من مرتكب الكبيرة أن أمره إلى الله سبحانه وتعالى We praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala We ask Allah to send his peace and blessings upon his final messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam We start another chapter of the uh, the book of tribulations of Imam Bukhari rahimahullah and this chapter is uh, mentioning the hadith of the Prophet if the two Muslims meet with their swords. So this narration uh, is narrated from <coughs> Abi Bakr 
from Al-Hasan. He said that I went out with my weapons on the eve of the tribulation of the fitna. And I was met by Abu Bakr. And he said to me, where are you going? What's your intention? What's your destination? Where do you intend on going? He said, I intend to go and lend my support to the son of the uncle of Rasulullah sallallahu the nephew, uh, the, 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 the cousin of Rasulullah sallallahu meaning Ali. He said, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. he said, if the Muslims face each other with their swords, if two Muslims face each other with their swords, then they are both in the hellfire. And it was said to the Messenger وسلم, that is understandable in regards to the killer. And so what is the blame on the killed? He said, indeed, he was keen on killing his, his adversary. And so uh, this narration uh, that Imam al-Bukhari rahimahullah, mentions, uh, it's very important to learn uh, a few lessons. First of all, the Messenger وسلم, he called, he said that if two Muslims face each other, so he called them both Muslims. So even so, we learn from this that if Muslims fight each other, then it does not necessarily make them outside the fold of Islam, uh, because they are both titled as Muslims. And Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, He said, uh, uh, essentially in the Quran, and when two groups of believers fight each other, so Allah Subhanahu wa Taala had mentioned them and given them the title of believers if they fight each other, and if they and fight as in, in, in war and dispute. So even though, so it shows that it is uh, something that is a great sin, but it doesn't deprive them of their label as being Muslims or believers. And in the narration, even though it's narrated from Al-Hasan, but the one who's coming out holding his weapons and ready to join the battle was Al-Ahnaf al-Muqais. And he was one of the great companions of the Messenger Wasallam. He was known for his forbearance, for his... Al-Hilm uh, 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 in Arabic, which is to be someone who is very patient, very careful, uh, 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 very forbearing, doesn't rush to to uh, make decisions, uh, take and uh, take action, very forgiving and pardoning, and as well, who is known to be a person who was highly regarded in his in his tribe. So during the time of the fitna of the tribulation, and the fitna was the uh, dispute and the tribulation and the confusion that happened during the time of Ali radiallahu anhu uh, and those who supported him and with Aisha radiallahu anha and those who supported her in regards to resolving the issue of those who assassinated Uthman radiallahu anhu and the issue of giving the uh, the the uh, the leadership after the assassination of Uthman which was given to Ali radiallahu anhu. Uh, and why it was called the fitna and why it was a tribulation? Because the truth was very murky to many people. Because it was very difficult to discern who was upon the truth. Because both parties represented great and highly regarded companions of the Messenger. On one side, you had Ali, anhu, who was 
one who is known to be one of the great companions, known for his piety, known for his knowledge, known for his great standing, and his how, uh, so many uh, things the Prophet ﷺ mentioned about his virtues. And on the other side, you had Aisha radiallahu anha, who was the wife of the Messenger ﷺ, and so many virtuous things Rasulullah ﷺ said about her, that she is the most beloved of people to the Messenger of Allah ﷺ. So, when you have a dispute of this magnitude and you have people, which side do you take? So it was very confusing for many of the companions. Uh, so uh, Ali radiallahu anhu, uh, uh, he had many companions as well on his side and Aisha radiallahu anhu had many companions on her side. So Ali radiallahu anhu sent one of his supporters who was Ammar ibn Yasir, who was as well one of the great companions, one of the early companions. He was one of the allies of Ali. Uh, and they were in Kufa. He, he sent uh, Ammar to Kufa, where the stronghold of Aisha and her supporters were. And he addressed the people of Kufa, trying to convince them to uh, uh, يعني, not get involved in this and to lend their support to Ali. And when he was addressing the people, and he knew that the people were convinced of the truth of their, allegiance, uh, their, 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 uh, their alliance with Aisha, uh, so he addressed this issue. He said, Indeed, I do affirm that she is the wife of the Messenger وسلم, in the world and in the hereafter. But I believe that Allah is testing you so that he will make clear, is it Allah who you are obeying or are you obeying her? And so we see how Ammar was very balanced and just. And, and in spite of, of him uh, disputing with the position of Aisha, he did not discount her status and her virtue. Uh, and as well, Ali radiallahu anhu, his stance and his opinion of the companions that even stood against him, even though their their uh, dispute or their difference of opinion did not make him discount the virtues of those Sahaba. Not like the people who go to extremism today, who claim that they are the allies of Ali and that they support the position of Ali. And they go to extremes by accusing those who opposed Ali to accuse them to be evil people, to even accuse them to be apostates and people who have left Islam. This was not the attitude of Ali radiallahu anhu or the allies of Ali of the Sahaba who were present at that time. So Aisha radiallahu anhu had a lot of, and the, the rest of the Sahaba, a lot of respect from Ammar and Ali and the rest of the Sahaba, even though they opposed them. Uh, and, and this shows us that when fitna and dispute and confusion occurs, even occurred in the greatest generations, the generation of the, the Sahaba, the best of this Ummah. So when we see confusing matters occur in our times where there is a, a, a decline in, in knowledge and wisdom and understanding and people are troubled with, uh, with doubts and confusions and desires and this has affected their souls and their understanding. Uh, yani the, the fitna and the tribulations reached such a level that even led to fighting and war between the best of people of this ummah and the most righteous and pious. Uh, as well, we learned that Al-Hanaf ibn Qais, uh, uh, he, on his way, he met one of the Sahaba, and that was Abu Bakr. And his name is uh, Nufayr ibn Al-Harith, his real name. And... Uh, he asked him, where are you headed to? Where are you going? He said, I am going to support the cousin of the Messenger, وسلم, referring to Ali. 
And then he narrated to him this narration. If the two Muslims face each other with their swords, then the killer and the killed are both in the hellfire. And so we know as well from this is that even though the words of the Messenger said that they're in the hellfire, meaning that they are worthy of being in the hellfire, but it is possible that they are forgiven because these are sins that are below the status of shirk. They are major sins. And it could be that the person who has aggressed, it could be that he has many good, good deeds that will expiate or maybe he will be tested by some worldly tests uh, and he will be expiated for his sins. Um, and, and it's important to know that the hellfire uh, was, يعني, the, the primary reason for the hellfire is to punish those who do uh, يعني, disbelief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and shirk and as well those who do major sins, especially the shedding of blood. Uh, and it's important to know that the one who does major sins, that he has been promised to enter the hellfire. Uh, but we remember the hadith of the messenger of the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam when a man he came to give the pledge of allegiance to the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam and he told him what is required from a muslim and he told him uh, of the sins that a muslim must avoid uh, and then the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he said whoever uh, does any of these sins in the worldly life in terms of the major sins and he is punished in this world then he his his sin will be omitted and uh, and uh, expiated for but if allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was to conceal his sin uh, and uh, and he and he faces allah holding that sin then it is up to the will of allah if allah wills he will punish him and if allah wills he will have mercy upon him fi nihayat al hadith istaghrab al sahabatu radwanullahi alayhim amran فالنبي صلى الله عليه وسلم في بداية الحديث أعطى حكما بأن القاتل والمقتول كليهما في النار فهنا استغرب الصحابة قالوا يعني هذا القاتل يعني عرفنا أن القاتل يستحق النار بسبب العقوب بسبب الذنب الذي قام به وهو القتل فما بال المقتول يعني ما ذنبه أن يذهب إلى النار إذا كان القاتل يستحق النار لأنه قتل فما بال المقتول فهنا قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم إنه أراد قتل صاحبه إنه أراد قتل صاحبه يعني المقتول لو تسن له أن يقتل صاحبه لفعل فهو كان حريصا على قتله وهنا يحتج بعض أهل العلم بهذا الحديث يحتجون به على مسألة وهي المؤاخذة بالعزم إذا قارنه يعني الفعل يعني المؤاخذة بالعزم الذي قارنه فعل المستطاع من الأسباب وإن لم يقع ما أراده فإنسان مثلا مثلا عزم على أن يسرق وأخذ بالأسباب وباشر الأسباب وتحرك ورصد ويعني حاول أن يصل إلى مراده أن يسرق شيئا ما لكن في النهاية ربما حصل أمر من الأمور حال بينه وبين السرقة ربما لأنه كان هناك حارس كان هناك 
يعني أمور مانعة لم يستطع من خلالها الوصول إلى المسروق فلكنه باشر وأخذ بالأسباب وكان عازما على السرقة فهذا يؤخذ يعني يؤثم على ذلك يؤثم على ذلك فالمقصود يا عباد الله يعني أن هذا المقتول كان عازما كان عازما فيؤخذ بعزمه لأنه فعل ما استطاع من الأسباب أخذ السيف وخرج وبارز لكنه ما استطاع أن يقتل ولكن عقوبته دون عقوبة القاتل لأن جريمته أقل من جريمة القاتل فإذا على الإنسان يعني أن أن يعزم على الخير لا أن يعزم على الشر ويعني الإنسان إذا إذا وسوس له الشيطان لفعل السوء لفعل الشر فرد هذه الوسوسة واستغفر الله عز وجل فإنه يثاب على ذلك يعني من هم بالسيئة فلم يعملها خوفا من الله سبحانه وتعالى تكتب له حسنة كاملة كما جاء في الحديث من هم يعني بالسيئة فلم يعملها كتبت له حسنة فإن يعني هم بها وعملها كتبت عليه سيئة فنسأل الله سبحانه وتعالى يعني أن أن يأخذ بنواصينا إلى الخير ونعوذ بالله من الفتن ما ظهر منها وما بطن نسأل الله سبحانه وتعالى أن يحفظ المسلمين ويحفظ ويحفظنا من الفتن الظاهرة والباطنة وصلى الله على محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين. The companions of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم found it strange. Uh, يعني we noticed at the end of the hadith they found one issue strange the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa he said the killer and the one who was killed are both in the hellfire so the prophet sallallahu gave a clear ruling that the killer and the killed are both in the hellfire so the companions as if they are saying that we understand the killer that he should be punished because he committed the crime as for the one who was killed what crime did he commit for him to be deserving of the hellfire and the Prophet ﷺ explained because he was keen on killing his adversary. That means that the one who was killed, uh, if he had the ability, he would have killed his adversary. So he would have been the killer. So this teaches an important lesson that the scholars have derived from this hadith and similar hadith is that a person will be held accountable for his concerted intention, which is called in Arabic al-hazimah. Uh, because if a person has a concerted intention and then takes actions to fulfill that intention, then he will get sinful and he would be blameworthy for it. If he does, if he has that concerted intention and does what is necessary to fulfill it, then he will have he will be uh, uh, worthy of sin. Uh, uh, even though he doesn't necessarily fulfill it because he was unable to fulfill it. For example, if a person intended to steal and he goes and he scopes the target and he 
uh, takes all of the uh, necessary uh, uh, means. He goes out and he looks and he hides and he goes and then something happened that prevented him from uh, stealing. So he had all intention, he had taken all action, but for example, there was a guard standing there or there was another issue that stopped him from fulfilling it. He would still get a sin for doing that uh, because he had that concerted intention. Uh, but the the punishment uh, is less and the sin is less than actually doing it uh, because uh, يعني, he, he did not actually commit the crime, but he had the intent. And so intention is something very important. And so the Muslim should always have intention and concerted intention, al-azimah, to do good uh, and not to have azimah to do evil. And this is why if, 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 if a Muslim resists the thoughts, because intentions are of different grades, and they begin with a thought. So if the shaitan whispers to a person with thought to do something, he should not escalate the intention to be a concerted intention, but rather should resist the whispers of shaitan. Because if he resists the whispers of shaitan out of fear of Allah, the evil intention that he resisted will become a good deed for him. As the Messenger of Allah ﷺ, he said, if a person thinks of doing a good deed but doesn't do it then he gets a reward and if he thinks of go- doing a good deed and he actually does do it then he gets 10 times the reward uh, up to multiples of 700 and more, more more and more multiples but if a person intends to do an evil deed and then he doesn't do it meaning that he turns away from that out of the fear of Allah then he will actually get a good reward and if a person intends to do an evil deed and he actually does do it then he will have just one sin. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he protect us from tribulations. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect us from sins, whether they are in thoughts or in intentions. We ask Allah to protect us from tribulations, that which are apparent and that which are secret. This program was presented by Al Bayan Radio, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah.